What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. All right, and welcome back to the Gabacho Baracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. As always, it's Corey Adair at DJ Corfo Seven on Twitter. You know, of course. And as always, I'm here with Don Thomas Miller and Dan Angel at Dan Angel Eleven. How are we doing today, guys? Good. Doing great, thank you. You got somebody there uh, knocking on the door. Is it clean up again? Clean up. <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of a normal thing. Well, we also have a special guest, Dan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass that over to you. We have somebody here that has never been on the show before, and it is your cousin. So why don't you go ahead yeah. and give us an introduction? So, yeah, we are pleased to welcome on um, my cousin, Rebecca Angel. Because, um, frankly, with the um, climate of how things are in the world right now and how the three of us... Um, I mean, we love soccer. We um, talk about it a lot, but we're men and we don't have the um, perspective that um, a female um, does on how things are in the world right now. And I personally can't think of anyone better to help um, give us that perspective um, than Rebecca. So I'll just open up the floor to her. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, guys. This is exciting. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, what's what's top sport, top sport, top favorite sport? Uh, baseball. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, look, look at my shirt. This is lifelong Red Sox fan. This is the uh, fame seat where Ted Williams hit the longest home run in Fenway Park. Son's named after Ted Williams, good old Theo. So, yeah, baseball is near and dear to my heart. Um, my dad was a professional baseball player. So was my uncle. My brother played in college and uh, Grown up, just loving the game. Second, college basketball. Third, golf. Then college football, soccer and hockey are like right there neck and neck. So I just love all sports. So I've been a sports fanatic ever since I was a wee one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that we all easily share in common. We, <laughs> we regularly yeah. reminisce on some of the stories that of what got us into the sport that we're into. Cause we'll talk about random sports on a regular basis. Sure. Um, yeah. Usually big A football. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, speaking of Red Sox, I never really watched any baseball until that 04 ALCS that. Oh, wow. It, it, it imprinted on me. Like it. What it a magical it, one. Well, that was the one to do it for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, the 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 year before was not exactly a choice year for the Red Sox. So when uh, yeah, when the Yankees won the the ALCS, I remember I punched a wall when uh, uh, Aaron Boone hit a home run, and I had to explain at work the next day why my wrist was all taped up. So that was it was a lovely conversation to have with a bunch of clients. But the next year, you know that that would. 2004 wouldn't have necessarily happened without the uh, heartbreak of 2003. So made it even sweeter. It was a good, that was a good one though to, to watch. So it was the first ever full series playoff series yeah. I'd ever watched. I, I remember didn't even watch. I don't think I watched game one. Don't think I saw game two, but I remember I watched game four and then I was like, okay, I got to finish this one out. And it yeah. just, it just like every game got crazier and crazier the entire time. And I was, I ended up watching it. Yeah, it was a saga. It was a saga for sure. So it gave me a heart attack. It was almost like the 2019 NCAA men's basketball tournament. So I'm surprised I'm living after that. <laughs> you had it the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a Chicago Cubs fan, 2003 is also a sore subject for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's bad year. We both had heartbreak and the same yeah. round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing how both of those teams kind of have something in common, like fan bases who endured a lot of suffering and then one common person in Theo Epstein that kind of, you know, made the magic happen uh, on the management side of, of both franchises. So it's pretty great. Yeah. Now, now just need Dome a little bit of that to transfer over to Terry Francona. So my brother can get Dome one for Cleveland. <laughs> Right, right. He almost did. I, I still say, I still say if there hadn't been a rain delay, that Cleveland would have won that World Series. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The beneficiary of that World Series. Mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah, So, So, Corey, why don't you talk about a, a little bit, like, uh, why we decided to make a show. We're, we're in a total dead time for soccer, but, uh, you know, I mean, Unless you sleep under a rock and don't watch the news at all. Like, uh, you know, why don't you just go ahead and explain? Yeah. I mean, in the last week we had a major decision by the Supreme court and it, uh, caused a lot of problems. Like it's going to cause a lot of problems. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not ideal. Uh, put it that way for my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really think it's my opinion that matters. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do you know, to try to combat this as much as I can in the booth and whatever, you know, whatever, whatever that, you know, however I can. Uh, but my opinion on the matter doesn't really apply. You know, I, it, it doesn't. So we decided to do something different. Uh, this is not going to be your typical soccer. We're not even gonna make picks. We're just, we're talking about current climate of things. And if that's not for you, you don't have to listen to this episode. You know, we haven't done this before. Probably won't happen very often. We just felt that like this was a serious one that needed to be talked about. Uh, yeah, it's pretty monumental. Yeah, it's pretty monumental, Absolutely. and you know, not in a great way. You know, regardless of how you feel about you know abortion issues or women's reproductive rights, it it, it really comes down to the onus of, of women's rights in general and you know, being a civil right and the opinions of the Supreme Court going out there and ruling on behalf of someone else uh, based on factors that aren't necessarily, 
you know, what, what uh, unbiased legal opinions should be. So, you know, it, it truly is. Yeah. I'm of the opinion of, you know, if, if, if you want to have an abortion, have one, if you don't, don't, but you know, it, it is not my personal belief to go and infringe on someone else's right when I have never lived in their shoes and I have no idea what's going on in their lives. And, and also, frankly, it, it, it kind of translates more into not just the issue of, of life, but, but reproductive health. I mean, you, you look at miscarriage care and you look at uh, women who have procedures that aren't necessarily related to pregnancy, and those are technically labeled as abortions. And when you take that away, I mean, there are so many women out there that you know would die if they did not have access to safe health care that isn't even part of the main political issue at hand. And you know that translates into everyday life too, as women and minorities and the LBGTQ TQ plus uh, whole group have to fight for fundamental rights and and you know everyone needs to be treated the same and and be afforded the same opportunities and it, it's I, it, we're going backwards as a country instead of progressing and you see it in so many ways and you know one of the ways, that women have always really struggled is in sports. And here we are celebrating, you know, 50 years of Title IX. And, you know, what a monumental occasion it was when women were afforded scholarships and, you know, the, the same rights as men have in the athletic world but it's still not capitalized upon and women's sports are not as popular as men's sports. And, and, you know, society is, is kind of conditioned that way to really support men's sports and, and not women's sports as, as not as entertaining or not as powerful or not as captivating. And it's just, it's an interesting viewpoint, I think, because when you step back and you watch women's soccer, I mean, I don't know of anyone who watches women's soccer and who isn't completely hype when they're watching the women's U.S. national team. I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's a problem that, you know, stems from, you know, years and years and years of conditioning of, you know, men are first and women are second. And, you know, I don't know what if I had an answer for it. I think, you know, if anyone had an answer for it, it would have already been done by now. But women have made great strides to prove that they've been you know, phenomenal athletes and some of the best of all time. And then there are still, you know, armchair quarterbacks out there that will argue that, you know, they don't hold a candle to men because they're not physically stronger or they're not playing in a field that's dominated by as, you know, legendary athletes. It's beautifully said. <laughs> completely in agreement with almost everything you said, you know. Oh, wow. I, I love there's several women's sports that I love to watch. I love to watch the softball college world series, uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, in basketball and, and yeah, I mean, completely agreement that, that in soccer, especially, I mean, it's like, it's, it's as good as, as any men's soccer game. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, 
that don't come along if we're just talking about soccer since this is a soccer show like yeah yeah you don't see diving you don't see you know just like like the game that we just watched with the u20 us team against costa rica where it was just like a foul fest yeah i mean it's just yeah they're out there doing really amazing things in, in a beautiful way so like yeah. I mean, you'll see a woman out there running around with her head bleeding and she won't miss a beat, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, it's really hardcore. And there's such an opportunity when you, you start and you think about, you know, how you started in sports and it was, you know, on a soccer pitch as a kid, or, you know, my daughter started that way and now she plays volleyball for her high school. And I wasn't as privy to volleyball because I didn't have as much exposure to it. Now that we go to these volleyball tournaments, I'm like, oh my God, there are thousands of girls at these tournaments and you know, thousands of youth girls soccer leagues and co-ed soccer leagues. And how does that not translate from youth into young adulthood, into adult college and then professional sports? There really is an opportunity there that is somehow being missed and it's gotten a lot better. You look at, you know, soccer, you look at tennis, you look at women's gymnastics, especially college gymnastics, you know, the, the Olympics are a whole different thing. Everyone's always been interested in that, but collegiate gymnastics are really at the forefront right now too. So there have been a lot of strides made, but it's just, it is no, it's not even, you know, raising a blip on the radar next to, the opportunities that that men have and the um, the audience that is ready to receive it. Yeah, and I mean something that we were talking about um, before we started recording tonight: the whole bombshell with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Everyone's talking about how does this affect football? USC and UCLA are longtime national powers in women's volleyball. Yeah, and nobody's. Right. Nobody's so I'm saying a word about, well, how is this going to affect the Trojan volleyball team flying out to Penn State or Maryland on a Wednesday oh when they're supposed to be in class? Because nobody's concerned about the money. Um, that's Right. It's not a revenue generating sport. So no one talks about it. You know, when you look at an entire athletic program in a college and you've got, you know, anywhere from, you know, 14 to 29 programs at all of these schools and some are co-ed, some are not. And some provide scholarships, some do not. Some provide partial scholarships. Um, and Stanford competes in all of them. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is amazing to see the schools that really take the priority of women's sports seriously. You know, as a Virginia grad, I look at, you know, at, we have so many national championships in various various programs, whether it's, you know, you're swimming, you're diving, you're tennis. Uh, women's lacrosse, women's field hockey. They're, those are deemed serious sports at those schools. You look at other schools like Arkansas, you know, maybe you've got softball and track and field and volleyball, you know, it's it, there in basketball, you know, there really is a deficit in looking at an athletic program as a whole, but we all know that that's not really what they're concerned about it's it's about those revenue generating sports or else they wouldn't be moving around these conferences like crazy to optimize everything for football mm -hmm. yeah no it, i mean football is obviously kicking even when i say oh, yeah. 
when I say what I'm about to say, it, it's it's with a grain of salt because it's these are obviously football moves. Sure. Uh, they they're actually they generate revenue. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been to the Coliseum and I can vouch for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That uh, and and you'd be surprised the social media presence because Nebraska's social media presence is insane. There's psycho amount of fans that have burner accounts and real accounts and it is, <laughs> there's, there's a, more than you'd think and they all end up going right to volleyball when volleyball you know when tournament comes around everybody's watching it i'm texting my friends about it you know it's it's one of the few instances where women's sports are actually held in high regard like we yeah. we, we love that team <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. it's phenomenal i mean well you know number one everyone loves a winner but number two when it's your winner makes it even more special. And so when you get behind that team, it's wonderful to see that kind of support. And, you know, the, the UVA women's lacrosse team, they have all of the other athletes there at their games who can be at those games. And it is really fun to see. But when we don't have the support of an entire university or an entire community, it also shows you what's important to people. And, you know, football will always be king. It will. Basketball will be king in some, you know, universities and and some areas of the country. It just will. And, you know, those things aren't going to change. But the, the thing that I really hope to see change is just the level of interest and involvement from the younger generations. Like I see my daughter and my son's generation, and they are much more aware of their surroundings at ages 14 and 16 than I ever was. I mean, all I wanted to do was, you know, go to the mall and watch a movie and maybe get an orange Julius kind of thing, you know, and then maybe, you know, sneak around with my boyfriend and walk around the parking lot, you know, and, you know, these kids, they're out here, you know, protesting and, you know, talking about women's rights and, and, uh, and, and rights of minorities and Black Lives Matter. And it's really exciting to see these kids have a pulse on, on just society in general. And, and I think there will be progress, but it's like, how do you get that fire going? How do you translate from youth athletics and keep that passion going to where it becomes an actual moneymaker? for these women who work so hard their entire careers yeah yeah i think it comes from i think you got to kind of almost imprint that on them as a parent oh yeah because you know my daughter she's she's 14 now she's going into high school and i told her that she had to play two sports all the way through middle school at least two like i wanted her to try all of them um but she had to pick one for high school you had to have one, at least one. And uh, she did volleyball. She did basketball one year. She did soccer. She fell in love with soccer. Mm. Go figure. I should. I don't even. I don't even try to do that to her. She doesn't even watch games with me, but she just enjoyed playing. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that with her too. Her and her grades. I, I think it's. I think it's this generation of social media. Like, oh, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And yeah, and, and it shows you the power that the media has, both in good and bad. You know, you look at you know, some athletic couples out there, and then you'll see, you know, a, a Dallas Stars soccer uh, star. And, and you'll hear, oh, you know, the Broncos wide receiver's wife is pregnant. No, she's actually a hero in her own right, you know, kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas she has a name and 
she's famous in her own right. You know, you don't need to bump up her husband just because he plays football somewhere. You know, you see those instances all the time, or, you know, you look at women in sports who are, you know, even in, in the booth, you look at Jessica Mendoza and the crap that she has to go through all the time where men are like, Oh, you've never played an inning of baseball in your life. Well, no, she's a gold medalist in softball. Like what more do you want? You know, sure. You're, little league championship trophies really holding up well, you know? <laughs> so just, you know, the stuff that these women have to go through, you know, I was at a, um, a Baltimore Orioles game a few weeks ago and they were playing guardians. And I said to one of my coworkers, um, cause the woman in the booth, Melanie Newman is the first female play-by-play announcer for major league baseball. And I've always been a huge fan of her. She was the play-by-play announcer for the Salem Red Sox. And so I followed her career and knowing that she not only does the play-by-play on the radio, but she pulls double duty in the booth as the announcer for all of the players as well. I'm like, you know, most of the time, if you've got a guy who's doing play-by-play in the booth, you've got a separate announcer out there doing, you know, the big and now up to bat. situation there and she's pulling double duty for both and she's not getting the credit for that and so I was explaining that to my coworker, and he was just like yeah okay whatever and I just shook my head because number one he dismissed me and number two he did not realize like what a monumental thing that she is the first woman to do play-by-play analysis on a major league stage for a team you know, not color analysis, but play-by-play analysis. And that's huge. And we're still at a point with women in sports where there are still firsts. And I can't wait till we get to the point where there's not a first, where there's not a second, you know, where it's just, you are there because you're qualified, not just because you're a woman, because there are female analysts out there who aren't necessarily good at their jobs and that's okay. But there are women that are, and they need to be recognized as such. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the whole um, thing about women cover, women covering sports and not getting the respect they deserve. Like when I worked in Trenton, um, on an internship um, over a decade ago, we were covering the um, AA team there, um, myself and, um, and a um, female who now is a rather famous college football reporter named Nicole Auerbach. Mm-hmm. So if you read The Athletic, you'll recognize that name. But, so the um, Thunder, initially, they said that she had to do her interviews outside because um, um, they thought that that would be uncomfortable for a female to be in the locker room. And that lasted for like three days before they finally dropped that nonsense and allowed her access. But like, why did she have to deal with that extra hurdle just because she's a female? It's ridiculous. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah this, this whole notion that, you know, women need to be saved or protected is in, in that kind of environment is, is a bit ridiculous. I mean, we can, we can certainly hold our own and I'm, and I'm speaking for myself, um, but it's it's definitely a hurdle that men have never had to think about, uh, take a second consideration of. I mean, there are situations too where you get you know female reporters who all of a sudden you know they've got a lot of knowledge 
And then you get the guys that are like, oh yeah, well, you know, who was the MVP of the 1976 Phillies? Like, who cares? I was one, you know, like, you know, let me (laughs) stick to what I know. (laughs) No, I mean, I've got a great story. It's, yeah, I was talking baseball. I was out uh, with some girlfriends and there was a baseball game on and they were like, oh no, we've lost her. And so I started making small talk with this guy and he's like, oh yeah, you you think you know sports and everything. He's like, oh, Red Sox fan. And uh, he says to me, oh yeah, well, you know, and we were in South Carolina and he said, uh, who's a starting lineup of the 1982 Braves? And I just kind of said, I cannot believe this because actually I've been waiting my whole life for that question because <laughs> my father growing up would watch TBS and for all of his golf buddies, he had me memorize the Braves starting lineup in the eighties and he'd be like, Hey, you know, so, you know, rattle it off for him. I'd be like, Oh, Bob Horner, you know, Bruce Benedict, Chris Chambliss, Dale Murphy, Rafael Ramirez. And I'm looking at this guy like, all right here we go. You know? And so I tell him and he's just, he still wasn't convinced that I was a sports fan. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, of the one question that he had to ask me, I was just like, I can't believe I actually know the answer to this. Cause you know, people will come up with the most asinine questions to ask you that, you know, they don't even know themselves or they heard it a trivia night once and they memorized. So we, you know, as, as females, we get that all the time. When, you know, sometimes all we want to do is just kick back and talk about players and, and games just as much as men do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's no way he knew even four oh, hours. No, <laughs> no, and you get the trolls on Twitter. And yeah, it's always fun to get those, you know, it's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, that's something, that's something that I've never, I've never, that you, I've never actively thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I mean, I've never done that, but then again, you know, like I, I've never been in that situation and I can easily see that happening, like, oh, yeah, all the time, all the time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. you know, and it, it happens to the, the famous women so much, you know, if it happens to someone who is just, you know, your average sports fan like me, like constantly, I can't even imagine what those women have to go through, you know, they probably get threats and their dms are probably blown up with some really sick and twisted things you know they have to they have to endure that most people don't what's up everybody this is thomas miller and i just wanted to let you know that the gabacho borracho u.s soccer talk podcast is sponsored by moneyline dice moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy spotted by its golden peaks the money line logo symbolizes winning and winning big feature products include money line sports betting dice money line sports betting pocket notebook snapback hat and more use promo code coda 10 k-o-t-a one zero to receive a 10 percent discount on your next order that's promo code Coda 10, K-O-T-A, for 10% off your next order at MoneylineDice.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yep. Um, so a couple things that we were thinking about throwing around tonight, we usually throw around questions or play a game or do something 
where we uh, talk about a specific topic, a segment, basically. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> me and Thomas were talking and we were thinking about doing, you know, favorite, you know, it doesn't have to be your top, maybe your top couple or whatever, but uh, top female athletes throughout history. It doesn't matter the sport, just ones that captured you at a moment. And, you know, maybe it was, it, it was one of those, I remember where I was when this happened. This was amazing. You know, yeah. like things that we love to reminisce about, but we're just going to focus on the women's side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you kick it off and say one of your favorites, and then we'll kind of just go around the horn. And if we think of more as we go, we just go with it. So, oh man, I'm showing my age at this point, but uh, you know, I think it's 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 a very popular moment. But uh, Brandy Chastain's celebration was yep. up there for me. You know, I was in high school. And just her electricity in that moment was something that I think the whole country felt. And there was something so special about that women's team that made all of us really sit up and take notice of women's soccer on a large commercial scale at that point. You know, little girls wearing Mia Hamm jerseys. But, you know, that Brandy Chastain moment where she slid down to, you know, took her jersey off with the sports bra and the sheer joy of that just made me want to go run around the block. And it still does, honestly, still does. Oh, I totally get that. I, I, I trust me. I get that feeling. I know that <laughs> but we all do. We all do that. You know, yeah. uh, Landon Donovan did that for us one time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, it is U S men's national team and women's national team. And that moment is probably the, it's to me that's easily a more iconic moment in soccer history than Landon Donovan's goal. I mean, because Landon Donovan's goal was in a was in a you know group match, and this right. one was winning. So this yeah. is it's actually more epic, and yeah. I think more people know it. I think this is one of the one of the examples where the scale kind of tips. Actually, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people know that Brandy Chastain moment, and it's just it's it's goaded. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it, you know. This is where photographers, God bless them, you know, they, they capture a moment that just that that shows an emotion that I think everyone was feeling at the moment. And an image is powerful and it still leaps off the page whenever I see something uh, about it. And I just it makes me want to go watch that match again, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally and, agree. Uh, yeah. And like of the inequality things that you that you were kind of bringing up earlier too. I mean, like, I don't have the exact stats, exact stats, but, uh, you know, I mean, like it's like eight out of the 10 most watched, uh, you know, national team games in the history of the United States have been women's national team games, but they're still to this day, you know, fighting to get some sort of equal, equal compensation for what they do when they bring so much more attention to the country, I mean, and they win. Yeah, they win, <laughs> and they win. Oh, they're they're, they're the Yankees. <laughs> like, what more do you want me to do? You know, they're, they're literally the Yankees. <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, the old well, the only one who has, that. the <laughs> only one who has more World Cups is Brazil's men. Right, like the U.S. the U.S. women are tied with Italy's men. And I mean, if you're going to count Uruguay's on two. Um, golds from way back in like the 30s so um, those are the only ones with four stars above the crest yeah yeah, yeah you know, you, 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Our men get to wear the four stars on the crest. <laughs> the women have won the World Cup. <laughs> oh, that's 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 hysterical. <laughs> you, you you mentioned um, favorite female athletes, and and there are a couple that come to mind for me because I love basketball so much too, and. You know, obviously I'm a little biased being a Virginia grad, but hear me out on this. Don Staley is one of the goats for so many reasons. It's like, what can she do? You know, you look at her impressive college career, you, you know, you've got one championship game, some final fours out there, four tournament appearances. She plays in the ABL. She plays in the WNBA. She plays for the women's national team. She plays for the country. Gold medalist three times there. Then coaches college and coaches the women's national team. Wins a gold medal as a coach and wins two national championships as the coach of a college team. I mean, come on now. Like that to me is just an incredible career at every single level. And, you know, and not even just, you know, when you look at the player and the coach, but as a role model and a mentor and a true force, because she's done it with her style. She's done it without censoring herself. She's done it on her own terms. And I mean, she's a legend at Virginia. When you go into John Paul Jones Arena, there's a nice um, historical montage and a nice mural with uh, the men's program. And you've got everything from Ralph Sampson to Malcolm Drogdon and Joe Harris to the national um, championship team. But then you've got the women's side too. And man, Don Staley is right there next to Ralph Sampson in that. And that really speaks volumes. Yeah, and, and then on her coaching career, as Son, you mentioned, like South Carolina wasn't really known as much of a solid team. I mean, they had a couple tournament appearances in like the 80s and the 90s, but until she got there, that wasn't a women's basketball power. And now, I mean, her record speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah. Now she gets to have that glory of when you cross over that South Carolina border, you see home of national championship women women's Gamecocks. You know, that's... When, when, when you've got a road sign up because of something that you've done, that's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And that was the 2017 national championship? Well, and last year. Yeah. Last year as well. Yeah, because like what I prepared was like just some of my favorite moments. And that one actually has to do with the 2017 tournament. Uh, not South Carolina in general, but South Carolina ended up winning it. Uh, one of my... One of my lasting uh, women's sports moments was when um, Mississippi State beat UConn. Oh, that's fight. a good one. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. What I think a dogfight. 111 straight wins for UConn at that point. Yeah. What it, what it kind of did was, you know, it kind of turned um, the women's tournament into kind of what the men's tournament is uh, as far as like um, really anybody can win. Anybody, there can be upsets from any any seed, you know, that moment uh, where um, they they hit a jumper right at the buzzer in overtime to beat UConn. Yeah, that was nuts. Absolutely. That was, yeah, I was so happy for them. I mean, you know, no disrespect to UConn, but whew, I was so happy for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because because it, as far as American sports go, you can't 
you can't grow as a sport if it's just one team winning every single time. You know, it's not. Tell that to Alabama. Soccer. <laughs> and then they actually, that was a final four. And they actually, they ended up losing. But I mean, they still probably had the most memorable moment of the, the tournament, but they ended up losing to South Carolina. That year. Yeah. So that's kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, the women's tournament has had uh, moments like that before. Like one, like one of mine um, was the 2006 um, title. Um, so that year, like, I think that was, I think on the men's side, that was the first year of Joe Kim Noah and the Gators some um, two year dominance. Oh yeah. Terrible, terrible title game on the men's side. And then the women, Maryland and Duke just played an absolute classic from start to finish in Christy Tolliver came up huge for the Terrapins and like just seeing them pull, pull that out um, when it seemed like Duke had it won. Like that was one of the best games that I have ever seen in any sport. And like, that was just riveting to watch on that final, especially compared to what I had just seen the night before, which was a complete snooze fest. Like that is what women's basketball can be and what it is when it's played at a high level. And I think the next year, the tournament after on like Tennessee, I think lost to ball state in the first round. It's like those kinds of upsets when those happen, like that's really great for women's basketball and makes it much more interesting the entire through the entire event. And it should be like, I mean, it should be on something that is every bit as compelling as the men's tournament, because there are a lot of great teams that are very well coached and just a joy to watch. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Dan, you said the word team and they play as a team. And mm-hmm. I think there's so much of women's basketball all the way to the WNBA level where you, tr- you see true team athletics there. And you know, that's becoming a lost art in professional sports. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that Maryland team specifically, like, I think they had like six or seven overtime games that season and they won all of them. And Jeez. Like, well, and then in the championship celebration, Brenda Freese song says overtime is our time. And I actually, <laughs> actually on, on Twitter, when the, when my beloved Ottawa senators in our one year of confidence in the last 15 years made an unlikely run to the Eastern conference finals, I think we had like four overtime wins to get there. I write on Twitter. Well, apparently the senators have been taking lessons from Brenda Freese in the off season <laughs> and that earned a like from her. Well, and, you know, and think about it, too, when you have all of those overtime games, think about how tired your players are. Mm-hmm. Think about how tired they are and how prone to injury you can be. And to come out of a season like that and tournaments that are just overtime game after overtime game as the champion. My goodness, what a feat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll admit, like some of those tournament runs that when, when you watch them happen. There, there's tough as nails moments in there where you're like, wait, they just got tackled. <laughs> like that looked like it hurt. That looked yeah. like it hurt. Yeah. And then get right back up and just go at it. And then, and then bop a three, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just lay it on somebody right after you thought they might come up because they just took a hard, hard foul. Yeah. Um. No, I was going to say one of my moments, I'm actually going to go before that. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I probably could do a little bit better, but I remember my first moment where I was captivated by something was when UConn first started to get people to the point where those are the moments that people are watching for. You know, when they first set that record, you know, back in the, like I was younger, I was in middle school, I believe, mm-hmm. I, like in the early 2000s. 
when they first broke that record and they just kept extending it. And you're like, how long can this thing go? And it just kept going. It was, it was incredible to see happen and see unfold. And I remember watching a bunch of college basketball, women's college basketball games in that time period, because it was, it was incredible. Like you were talking about a second ago, playing as a team, like that was, you know, that was, it was special. It was fun to watch. I I fully enjoyed that. Yeah. That's uh, the only team that has really taken the spotlight away from Pat Summit's Tennessee dynasty too, you know, that's, that's huge. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Candace Parker is a big, you know, yeah, that, that that's one of the top, you know, we, we were going to talk about top moments and top athletes. I'll throw out an athlete. She was one of them. It was her, her and Brittany Griner. Like when those two came onto the scene and to yeah. see the things that they could do from a physical aspect and you're just like, Whoa, wait, this is incredible. <laughs> like the, the, yeah. These two women are amazing at yeah. this. Um, that was, that's always been fun to see. I, I, I fully appreciate those two. Uh, loved watching them play in college, loved their tournament runs. Like it just, yeah. Yeah. I would have to say those two, those two are two of them that are up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll share another moment uh, or a team that I loved is the 2015 U S women's national team. World Cup winning squad, uh, 2015 World Cup was in Canada. So this was, I mean, if we're being completely honest, like the first time since even 99 when uh, the Brandy Chastain moment happened that the crowds were just like uh, absolutely wild. And like they, they played it in Europe at least one of those other times and, and yeah, they showed up. But I mean, this had the feel if you go back on YouTube and you watch these games, this is absolute crazy atmosphere. Canada's a really good squad. Um, um, but that year, uh, the the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, they, they hadn't won it since 99. Um, they were kind of being questioned as, you know, if 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 we'd already lost, you know, the, the rain. Uh, and um, they, they had kind of a shaky group stage. Every game, they got better and better and better. Um, they had a goal of streak. They, they gave up a goal in the first game group stage, and then they didn't give up a goal in, again until the final. Um, the knockout stages, uh, every single game was tied 0-0 at half. They won every single game in the second half. Um, Carly Lloyd, one of my all-time favorite athletes, without a doubt, um, goes into the final against Japan, who I believe hadn't trailed even – I don't think they'd trailed or been tied even yeah, one right. minute going into the championship or going to the finals. And was this uh, her monster goal game? Like just, yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah. You got a hat trick. We scored, <sighs> we scored four goals in 16 minutes. The first she, minutes, yeah. three of them. And one was from midfield and one of the all time moments. She oh, saw goodness. the keeper kind of out and she just, you know, let it go from midfield. And that was the third goal of her hat trick. So, I mean, kind of, uh, just, uh, just seeing a team go from being they're just kind of trying to figure it out to getting to that to that final and absolutely dominating Japan, a very good Japan team, just without a doubt. Jill Ellis, I've always said like I would love to see her as the men's national team coach. And um I mean, 
Without a doubt, one of my, I think we'd all support her over Greg Berhalter. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, one of my yeah. favorite teams of all time. In any, you know, men's, women, whatever. Two thousand two. Yeah. Oh, I love that team, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I love that team. So did I. So did that I. That was a truly great team. Yeah, that I mean, there's yeah. a great team all around. And my daughter was still playing soccer very heavily and competitively at the time, and just having that energy in the house and, you know, kids running around in jerseys and, you know, with, with women's names on the back, you know, it was just so much fun to see. And it was, it was definitely an electric team for sure. Yeah. And that was kind of, that was also kind of the team that kicked off the um, debate about um, women finally getting equal pay in soccer. Sure was. Yeah. That, that is when that that rumbling started to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, after, you know, having so much hope and then disappointment on the men's side and the women are going, hey, we're doing our job. <laughs> yeah. Pay us. Yeah. You know, and, you know, getting the endorsement money too, which is, you know, often overlooked too. And I don't know the stats on it. And, you know, what, you know, what do men earn in endorsements versus what do women earn in endorsements by yeah. the same brands, you know, by your Nikes, by your Under Armors. Uh, there are certain opportunities that that men have in endorsements, just as women have, um, you know, with male and female branded products. But also you're looking at your major athletic apparel um, endorsement ads. And I'm sure all of that's up to their agent and, and, you know, what people are, what the companies are willing to give them. But it would just be curious to go and look up all that information because it's public knowledge. Um you know, it might be surprising, you know, either way, but that's something I might have to go check out for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd be willing to bet maybe the one crossover is Serena Williams. Oh yeah. Like she's on, she was, she was on TV, like a commercial, like every other commercial there for Maria Sharapova might've been in there as well during her. For probably the wrong reasons, to be honest. But. Well, I mean, she did have a few grand slam wins to her name. Like she was, she was like, she's not, Anna Kornikova. She right. <laughs> you said it. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. and to, be com- to be completely fair to Anya Kornikova, like she was at least an excellent doubles player. Like I, I think she, I think she has a career grand, grand slam in doubles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was actually like, she was just a good tennis player. She was good. Yeah. yeah. And who happened to be beautiful and capitalize on it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, Serena is in a, a league all of her own just as an athlete and a person. Oh, you know? I'm firmly and, convinced, like, if you go based on percentiles, like, there's the, there, there may be nobody in any sport in the history of sport that was that much up here versus the athletic ability of their counterparts as yeah. Serena Williams. I, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, I maybe, have argued maybe, that. Maybe Roth, maybe. Like maybe Steffi Groff. Like, mm. I mean, it's it's tough to compare because um her era was some um, coming to an end right as Serena's was taking off. But for like for like that time in the late eighties, early nineties, she was every bit as dominant. I mean, she, but she was be- very dominant, you know. But I look at Serena too. I look at Serena as the singles player and the doubles player with Venus. That's too. true too. You know, and and when you couple both of those into be as excellent as they were in the devil's arena and uh, you know to me that that's just as important um 
as well. But, you know, Serena just being a, a, an empire too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she truly is an empire and she is one who's taken being rich into wealth. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's a power. She's a, she's her own brand. And that is amazing and a force and something that I hope women pay attention to because until you get women in those positions of power in corporations and in athletic corporations, you're not going to see the change that you need because everything is going to be focused with a male point of view. Now you'll have men out there that are very considerate of women, but I don't think that it's going to be, you know, uh, the popular or, or the, the view of the majority. So uh, women affect change and women in high places affect change and the right women in high places affect change. As we've seen from the Supreme Court, women in high places with the wrong view can also affect change. Yeah, so true. Yeah, the governor of my state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Serena won major titles after having a baby, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. there's, there's no male <laughs> comparison to that. That's like a great, that's like the greatest. One of the greatest athletic achievements of all time. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's like, another thing men don't have to worry about. You know, yeah. you look at you know half the women's soccer team that are your moms now. Yeah. You oh. know, coming back from that, you know, watch Alex Morgan come back and just kick ass and take names. She might very well do it. Oh, she will. I have. I I honestly believe she will. Yeah. Me yeah. and Thomas were talking about this like three days ago. Like, dude, Alex Morgan's like we 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 brought up that. You know they're they're about to be playing too, and she's good to go. Like I I, I don't see her not coming back. Yeah, yeah. you know as a, as a mother of two, of course I'm not a professional athlete, nor do I pretend to even be a you know half decent athlete. I can't even make a, a a shot in the laundry basket with a with a shirt. Although I can talk about basketball until the cows come home. <laughs> I can tell you that having a baby is not a death sentence, and it is not something that you know, it changes your body. Sure. I mean, it definitely does that, but it does not mean that your physical well-being is any less. In fact, you can come back stronger. And I, you know, I was way stronger after I had kids. I couldn't do an assisted pull-up before I had children. Then I got to the point where I could do 13 after. So, you know, part of that was trying to get away from them, but, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but it is definitely not a death sentence for women in athletics for sure yeah yeah that would i want to say too that 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 wasn't what i was saying exactly you know i'm just saying that like there's this not there's no sort of injury or i mean pregnancy is not an injury obviously but i mean there's nothing that could happen to a man's you know body over nine months that uh could then like it's the equivalent right there's nothing like if they equivalent like paraplegic and then all of a sudden got out of it and came back. I don't, I don't. Right. Know. Right. Yeah. There's, there's not really, there's not really an equivalent. That's a good point. That's, well, I mean, nine months, nine months is a long time not to play too. Yeah, it is. Like that's a whole different aspect right there. Yeah. yeah and you're training. I mean, you can train normally while you're pregnant up to a certain point, but then you, know, you can't do things on your back after a while. And then, you know, there's certain things that get in your way. Although I will have to say when I play golf, when I was five months pregnant, 
I, that was the best my golf swing ever was because my weight distribution was different. <laughs> so I've been trying to chase that forever since, and it's just not come back. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I know my husband was just like, Whoa, like you're hitting them far and straight. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Go figure. Mm. Haven't done it since. <laughs> <laughs> No, Serena, Serena. So like we, you know, talking about kicking it around the horn and whatnot, uh, Serena was one of the ones that I was going to talk about. So that, 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 that worked out too perfectly. Uh, yeah. She, and Venus too. Yeah. Yeah. And her own, right. I was also going to say the, you, you made a comment earlier in the episode about the Olympics and that I, I feel like that Simone Biles moment was, was incredible to see happen. That was another great woman's moment in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, like the way she just cleaned house that Olympics. Uh, and then <clears throat> something that I don't think it's talked about enough is, you know, the the younger generation feels it feels like mental health is something that's taken more important value to it as well. And for her to make that stand that she made with all that endorsement money and to do that, that mm-hmm. I, I feel that's something to be celebrated because I've worked for companies. I've worked for people where, you know, it's more about what they can get out of you. And as an athlete, that's what it's all about. You know, that is the point. So for her to do that, take that stand and spread awareness on that, I I really appreciated that. And I hold her in really high regard when it comes to women's, women's athletics in general. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, you look, you know, I think there's a meme that's going around now where it's like, you know, you waste your time worrying about a job or people who wouldn't think a second about you and they'll replace you in a, in a heartbeat. And, you know, that that's one of those situations where you really have to take into account, you know, who matters, who cares about you, you know, I, I, and I even see it with these poor football players out there, you know, death threats on, on players who don't win a national championship. I mean, really? You know, these are people, they're not just there for your entertainment and, you know, athletes. Yeah, maybe it is their job, but, you know, we all go to work and sometimes we don't enjoy our jobs and it bleeds over into our home life and it bleeds over into our stress and our mental health. You think that doesn't to theirs too, even though they're getting paid a lot of money, they're people. They are. Pressure to win is a pretty big pressure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have that kind of pressure when I have to deliver a deck to a prospect, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so any, is there any other moments, anybody else have any, uh, any random thoughts or anything else that they uh, want to dive into before we get out of here? I mean, um, Abby Wambach's goal was another big one um, mm-hmm. in the 2011 World Cup. Like just, yes. just the way that that happened and how that team just never gave up, like that was incredible to watch. That was the 120 minute, <laughs> 120th minute goal. 120 second. 120 second. Yeah. And that, and that, uh, and that only happened because. One of the um, Brazilian players, um, Erica, faked it, faked an injury. Like one of the only times in the women's game that that's <laughs> ever shown up. And it, it, it was Brazilian. Yeah, 
So the ref added on the two minutes on that she was faking, gave her gave her a yellow card, which also doesn't happen on in the men's game. Like um, too many times, somebody simulates and it just gets ignored, and Brazil paid the price for it. Yes, yeah, I remember. Point. I remember that moment too. Actually, like I, I that one I did watch. It's a World Cup final. I, 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 that, that's the only excuse I need. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I might not watch every minute of every match in it, but it, it's a final. Uh, you mean we win? Yeah, uh, I'm watching. That was the quarterfinals, but I mean, like U.S. Brazil and women's soccer. I mean, Ooh. that's like two titans of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you're watching the best against the best, and you know something special is going to happen. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> that's why sports ain't going anywhere yep it sure <laughs> is sure is that's why we support iowa and nebraska <laughs> well that's we don't way. we don't we don't support nebraska i support nebraska we don't support <laughs> I, said, I said iowa and nebraska i don't support iowa and nebraska well i support iowa this is this is going to be such an interesting podcast when um, when we get to Black Friday and we have that game. Oh yeah, just to get your take on that, we, we're we're doing so USA plays England the same day that Nebraska plays Iowa. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we're going to be live streaming for like five straight hours. Wow. It's yeah. going to be interesting. That's going to be insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And they and they listened to us. We we tweeted at them and we said you got to put the Iowa, the the Iowa game on after USA and uh, and they did they did yeah they the did. Iowa game wow yeah I, the I Iowa get, Nebraska I got the feeling I'm gonna have to play traffic cop between you two and between um, between some of my siblings who will make it out to Indiana for Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah yeah. But all right, um, with that, we will go ahead and end this week's episode. As always, uh, we want to give a shout out to the network, Coda Capper Sports Gambling Network. You know, uh, we have a platform, so we used it, you know, and and that's that's kind of the whole point here. And we couldn't be happier for the platform that they gave us. So shout out to the guys. Love all of them, as always. And uh, not sure when we'll see you next. You know, soccer is coming up sooner or later. Well, uh, there there is one big um, soccer event starting next week that's very appropriate to mention on the women's Euros, and that's going to be a heck of a tournament. Yeah, so maybe maybe you know if we end up watching watching a bunch of it, maybe we get together and talk about it. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see, but we'll we'll keep you posted. And as always, pay attention to Twitter, and you'll know what's going on. So with that, oh, go ahead, Thomas. Uh, Rebecca, you mentioned that you are on Twitter. Um, do you want to share your Twitter handle? And- am I am. Hang on, it's been a minute, and I am um, Angel with two L's underscore Bex B E X. So A N G E L L underscore Bex. So I am out there in the Twitterverse, and you can find me there. So I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for um, staying up with us. Hey, no problem. Yeah, sorry to keep you up, you know. Uh, but That's all good. That's we, all good. We really appreciate being able to get your perspective on it. It was, I felt it was appropriate. And the sports conversation, we love talking sports. So, hey, I do too. I do too. So, thanks for, thanks for giving me and, you know, women in general a voice. 
So not everyone does. So I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yep. I want to say thank you as much as well. Thank you so much for, for staying up. I'm the reason that you had to stay up. So I apologize I, for that. I, again. You're fine. But, uh, um, you know, yeah, this is, this is a great episode prior, I'm, without a doubt, our best episode, you know, thank you so much for your insight and you're welcome back anytime you want to come back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be tuning in. All right. All right. Appreciate it. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.